literal experts in sports. There is nothing they say that is wrong. They cannot be wrong. And you are wrong if you don't agree with them. Awesome. Would make me just completely just step on my own fucking tongue. What the hell is this crap? It took 16 minutes for Rick to say pull out. Welcome from the live and local Roseman Recording Studios (laughs) here in the White Residence. Slash my son's room. (laughs) Yeah. The safe room has now become slightly more uncomfortable because there's toys all around me. I'm thinking we should that that picture that we took. I think we should put it on our Instagram. I think so too. That's, it's that's... let us know where we started. Started from the bottom. Now we're here. Yeah. <laughs> and the best part is Rick's not in the picture. So <laughs> that that is true. Um, sorry for the. I don't even know if we have a listener that prefers to hear Rick on the show, but he's not going to be with us this week. Rick is uh, taking a well-deserved week off. Um, I think I think we're we're. Better I think he's binge drinking, him. getting ready for tomorrow. Probably. Yeah. I, probably for the Rams yeah. Cardinals. Yeah. For I, sure, I think that we're we're good when we have them on. I think I think we sound good. <laughs> I think we're good I'll together. Give I'll give it, yeah. But yeah. but not no one's just wanting. No to one's know. just listening just for him. No, no, for sure that's not. How it's but we going. love you, buddy. Uh, man, what a wild last couple days in right in sports. It's, I mean, it's fresh. I know it, it probably hurts, and I'm not trying to pour salt. Oh, it's all good. It's but, all good. We um, waited until the end of it. But so, so we're recording this uh, live Sunday night about. We're about an hour after um, the city of Arlington is uh, probably burning to the ground now. <laughs> um, the Cowboys you, came up short against the Niners. We talked about it last week, though. We did. A little bit. Like, that's not so, a good matchup. No. I Honestly, I didn't have that much uh, expectations of the Cowboys this season anyways. And just the fact that they really could not beat any good teams. Like, to be, like the, they beat the Patriots. But they're obviously we saw what happened to them. Yeah, they're, we'll get to that. Buffalo kind of made them look like not one of those either. Right. And the Raiders they couldn't beat. They couldn't beat Arizona. You know, they, they just they beat up on their division and they beat up on crappy teams. And everything they never really got blown out. They made everything close, but they just could not get over that hump. Yeah, and, and not trying to get too analytical about the game today, but if there's ever been a prototypical definition game of beating yourself the cowboys beat themselves today uh, was it 15 four, penalties 14, 14 penalties. penalties yeah yeah and and we're not talking about just 14 penalties we're mean like there was 14 penalties and 10 of them were probably like on uber crucial plays yeah like gregory um, getting a holding call did you see that one and that was the I think that might have been the last one of the it game. It was. It was the last and why? I just want to know what why. happened. Like I just where know why. did he think that that was the like, did he get confused? And th- I mean, he just straight tackled an offensive lineman that was eight, y- eight yards behind the play. And was blocking him. Yeah. Like, why? why? I, Who cares? Yeah, I'm not uh, I'm not sure. Uh, Randy Gregory's always been questionable in decision-making Agreed. since before he came off, in. On and off the field. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, he's I mean, he's a cowboy, so we already know that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that it was weird. And then that that last drive that San Francisco had, even though they didn't, they didn't score – but it just allowed them to take so much clock. There was so many stupid. I think they had they had a defensive hands to the face, and then the same guy had another defensive holding penalty. Which that one 
was definitely more of a he did that on purpose to trying to you know take a lineman out of the hole and make the hole a little bit bigger um, for his linebackers to get through. But all in all, though, just they, cru- crucial mistakes. But they made it close. But man, I think they might have ran the ball four times <laughs> from their last drive before the first half until the end of the game. And I just, with Pollard and Zeke, I know that Dak is amazing. And I know that, like, CD clearly did not have the day he needed to have. Cooper was nowhere to be found. He did get the touchdown at the end. The... Right. But I mean, I get it. You no, know what I mean? He didn't For the have maj- a huge game. No. Like, um, is it Williams, number one? Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Wilson. Wilson. I felt like he was him and Schultz were the guys that that Prescott was just locked into, and, and Wilson on the on the very end, yeah, off his fingertips, like yeah, that was I, that was the game pretty much for me. Like if he would have came down with it, I feel like we could have got a touchdown. We were only down by six at that point. Once we had to turn the ball over and then stop him, right? We had basically. I knew we were going to get the ball with like thirty seconds and have to. And then let's, I mean, let's get to that. Clearly, by the time that people listen to this, or you know, the reaction's already going to be out there. But you, as a as a cowboy fan, we're not going to count me because I've only been one for the last seven days. <laughs> but not even looking at the bracket, I realized that t- again, just like when you guys played Arizona, it was a win win situation. Uh, either you guys win. And 49ers and are the out. 49ers are out, which is one team that I know for sure I do not want to see ever again in the history of football. Why Shanahan's in charge, or we avoid Green Bay. So it was a win-win. But as a true Cowboys fan, and I'm asking this because I watched it with my wife, who I think we've said on the show several times is a huge Cowboys fan, and part of the reason why you hate me and I left the Cowboys <laughs> as a fan. That 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 is still, still there. <laughs> it's still, I understand you being salty. What did you think when he took off and started running? I was okay with him running. I just think he, I think he went too far. Okay. And I think he didn't know the rule. I think he needed to start looking for the ref because that's basically what, they had to wait for the ref to spot the ball. If they would have just given it to the ref at the beginning, like find the ref, get it but he just ran too far i mean i see i see what happened like he was trying to make it so he had a shot at the end zone that was and and so i i'm i get where the thought process is on that play so there's two things one amber's asking me as well she's like this is over like they have 14 seconds like there's nothing they can do and i'm like well look in six they've ran three plays in 16 seconds and gotten like 34 yards so it is it's possible they just have to keep working the sideline till they get close enough they where they can get maybe one or two shots. But the at Niners the end were zone. all lined up around the. But they had been like that the whole time. Like I feel like they were giving them that play, and I think they were going to give them that play until they got to the point to where they're they don't have to drop back and cover. As I didn't much. see the Niners do that kind of defense until that play, but I. Either okay, either you run the ball like that and you try to spike it and get right. another, or you just go for the end zone right there. So I personally think like you've been throwing it the whole time. I get that the, there's a reason why those yards were there when he ran at the end of the game. But my whole thing is, if you're the umpire, and I'm not putting this on an official and saying it's his fault that the Cowboys lost, but if you're an official and you are the sole person that can spot that ball, as soon as he took off running, he should have been the first guy up there. And when they showed that, that like elevated view, like where the, Romo was saying like, Hey, like right now he should be trying to find him. Why is it that every other referee was ready to go 
Except for that. And that umpire is 10 or 15 yards behind the ball. And that 10 or 15 yards is the difference of that game because then he gets it and he fucks up when he's spotting the ball and they didn't even get a chance to have that one play. And in my opinion, if you're the NFL, you I understand them not wanting to do the college thing and it's a running clock. It's, you know, keep your timeouts. It's got to go out of bounds. You can't penalize a team when the referees aren't ready to start a play and you can't start the play. Because that kind of happened earlier in the game with the punt thing too, where they wanted to run and then they're like, nope, like they get a chance to to sub now. And it's like, they're clearly not subbing. Why are you not letting us snap the ball and then they get to delay a game? I think I just don't understand in that situation, why does the ref even have to touch the ball? Like, does it really matter if they have the ball two feet? or whatever they one inch close yeah like does it doesn't matter but see that's the thing like it does because i understand like the referee has to officially be able to say this is where he got to but if you're if you're slow or not paying attention and you fuck up the team the team should not be like they should have easily said like he wasn't doing what he was supposed to that's that's an official timeout or whatever and i I hate to say it, but I think that this is going to be another blemish on the referees for this weekend. And we're going to get to the other one, which I, in my opinion, I think a lot of people are making a really big deal out of it. And it's, it's not that. So big of a we're, deal. we're talking about the, in the Bengals right. and Raiders, but let's, let's just finish here. Just as a Cowboys fan, I'm not blaming the ref for that. Like even I'm not thinking, Oh, if the ref, because the Cowboys really didn't even have that much of a shot anyways. You're on the 35-yard line. You have to have one play for a touchdown. The Niners know you're going for a touchdown. They're going to put people in the end zone. Like, And it's not like it's, they have like a Megatron or somebody to throw, like uh, a huge receiver to throw the ball to. No, I don't I don't think that it's yeah. because of that. There was other things that in in the past, you know, like so I... Well, just like when I, for a short period of time, rooted for the Cowboys, it goes right back to the same... Fucking thing that I always said. Run the goddamn ball. So, Zeke got the ball 12 times, but he only had 31 yards. So, I kind of understand why they weren't... Maybe change something up there. But you have Pollard, too. Which, yeah. Four times for 27 yards, which is 6.8 yards a carry. Right. Like, change it up. And so, that... Wait. So, you said it was 12 for 30 what? 31, which is 2.6. So, you had 12 and 4. So, I had 16. And then... Dak threw the ball 43 times. And then 31 for, you said it was, how many carries? Four for how much? Uh Oh, actually, I'm sorry. I was actually, Dak was four, four chances for 27. Pollard was four for 14. Okay, so they ran it with a running back 16 times in that game. And it was never more than two possessions. Like, there was no reason for them to be in throw-only mode. And you had Bosa out for the whole second half. Like, to me, you're you gave Zeke all that money. You have Pollard, who's been. I don't even want to get into that damn thing. Yeah, but <laughs> I'm just I, saying, like you have, no, I get it. I you get have it. two all pro quality running backs, and you're you're just having Dak throw the ball, and your two best receivers aren't even the the primary targets on these plays. Like it just seemed like the Cowboys just got into a mode that they have been in for the last seven years which is throw 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 run throw 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 and then if we get down to like the 10 yard line now we'll start running the ball right and we still shot ourselves in the foot with the penalties which 
I guess that's kind of a McCarthy thing, right? Because he doesn't discipline. He doesn't do good with clock management. <laughs> no, he doesn't do good with calls at the end of the game. No. and then he does. I mean, he just his teams aren't disciplined. And then the other thing, because I I didn't really like the fact that they hired him in the first place. Mm-hmm. Like I would have rather had someone else. Now I think they're gonna try to target either Kellen Moore or uh, Dan Quinn, which I think is a is a huge mistake because Kellen Moore is never. He only was a yeah. He's only been a coordinator, coordinator and he just started that. And then and Dan and Quinn, look what happened. The, the, with, yeah, the biggest thing ever with him, the, his biggest flaw is the worst clock manager ever in the history of football in that Super Bowl when he was up by twenty five. I know that he got the the uh, so why am I blank? the Falcons to the Super Bowl, but I also remember the last couple years when he didn't have Shanahan and that was bad. It was different, like yeah. bad, bad. It, it was different. Yep. So, um, so yeah, so the Cowboys lose. So that allows for the 49ers, who are the sixth seed. They will now for sure play Green Bay. In Green Bay. In Green Bay next week. And I'm going to be the first one to say this. That is the last team in the NFC that the Packers want to see. <laughs> that is for sure. And the reason why is because in Lambeau, where it's going to be like, Negative 80 outside and frozen solid and throwing the ball is probably not going to be something that's happening all the time. The one thing that the 49ers can do is run the rock. You have Debo, you have uh, Mitchell, uh, check. They they have so many different ways to be able to, to throw that run at you. Um, I, that's... That's and it's not like I mean the Packers have I mean, been a great how, team. That's what you want to do against the Packers. You want to keep, keep that, Aaron Rodgers keep a off, Rod the off the field. And the Packers defense has been pretty good, but they also have some elevated stats because they play the Bears uh, and, and, and they're the also Lions. up a lot. Yeah, you're yeah. play when you play with leads like that, you're not having to chase the run, and now you know passes coming and. It's, you know, the playoffs exactly. are a different ballgame. And, and as much as the NFL is changing, it still does not. When you get into cold weather football, it comes down to who can run the ball, who's going to win that battle in the trenches. And right now, even as a Rams fan, I could tell you there is nobody in football that's playing better trench football than the 49ers are right now. So that could be a huge, a huge matchup next week. The uh, the winners of the Rams Cardinals game, which uh, would be tomorrow for us, or Monday, or when it yeah, comes, I mean, yeah, a couple you, of days ago. You're from gonna know this, the results. Yeah, you guys are gonna know the results. But the winner of that game is gonna get Tampa Bay, and that's not a good matchup for Tampa Bay either. Um, that the Rams, if they can get through Arizona, would much rather go play in balmy January Tampa Bay, even if it is the goat on the other side. Then go up to Lambeau and deal with Aaron Rodgers. They, and, they and have the a lot of injuries on yeah. that. The Bucks have a lot of injuries yeah. today. I mean, they they disposed of the Eagles, which were not a very good team. That's the- a bad matchup, man. They, so yeah, the Bucks won today. Obviously, I I kind of jumped the gun on that. The Bucks did win, but that I think we knew that that was. I don't want to say the writings on the wall, the playoffs. You know, anything can happen. The the Eagles are absolutely predicated on running the football. And nobody plays better rush defense in the NFL than yeah, the you Buccaneers. Have to, you have to pass. Basically. You have to throw against them, especially and, with who is it? Vita Vea is that his name? Yeah, he's that nose tackle. Yeah, and then you have I mean Jason Pierre Paul with all seven and a half of his fingers. He's still a beast. And they mean, have David back, Levante. Da- yeah, because then because that's 
I think that's a huge piece that they need because they need it. Kind of frees up uh, what's his name? Though I want to say Derek Brooks, but it's not. It's white. <laughs> it, it no, it's it is white. Yeah. Um, but he plays like Derek Brooks. I mean, it that defense is that defense is good. The the weakest part of that defense is their secondary, which is which, crazy because you know you have to throw against it, but it's almost like they get so much pressure on you that you don't even really get a chance to. But the reason why their secondary is so bad this year is because they're hurt. I mean, they tried to bring Richard Sherman in, and even he's on the IR. <laughs> and he got hurt too. <laughs> but yeah, so that so the the Bucks, and I think that's a good matchup regardless. Like who, whatever, even whether it's Arizona or the Rams, either one of those teams with the Bucks, that's gonna be that will be a fun game. Yes. Like that, that's yeah, just a good matchup. And I think that 49ers Packers game is going to be that's gonna be a slugfest. That is not gonna be a 31-28 type of a football game. Like right. <laughs> that is going to be a low scoring. It's probably going to be cold. Lots of field goals. Yeah. A lot of breath on TV. You'll see maybe hopefully some snow. I, By the way, talking about cold, cause let's move over to the AFC for the coldest. <laughs> what was it? The fourth coldest or something? It was, it was up there. I think it was on the list of top 10 that I thought when they first said, I was like, man, that's gotta be the coldest. And they said like the ice bowl was like before wind chill was like negative 20. So, but there was like a negative 20, a negative 8, a negative 5, and a negative 2. And then at that time when the game was going on, Buffalo was – it was 6 degrees outside, but the windshield was negative 6. But still, it's man, cold. I mean, that's – cold as hell. That's cold. Now, granted, New England plays in pretty similar conditions. But I'm just saying that's another – that is another thing where it kind of shows like Belichick can win some games. But man, that is a different story when Mr. Brady's not on the sideline with him. That's that's for sure, and it's also a different story when you're talking about Josh Allen because Josh Allen is something different. Yeah, I mean he's, I what he had another 300 yard passing game and a 50 yard running game, and the only person to do more than him is Steve Young, who obviously is a Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer, yeah. And I saw a stat today, and I thought it was really cool, and I didn't realize like. I had turned the game off. I was like, man, this shit is. Yeah, this is they, a, they beat them like, what, 41 to something? Like they they it waxed was them. 40 to 10 or something like yeah. that. Yeah, but it was, I mean, it was. Um, it was bad. It was bad. It was over quickly. The A lot of people, the turned, bills, a lot of people turned it off. The Bills were literally played what would be the definition of a perfect offensive game. And here's what that means they did not have one possession that ended in a punt. A field goal, a turnover. Oh, that's right. That's right. It was so an eight straight. They they scored every possession they had until they were kneeing the ball. They scored a touchdown. And they did it against a top five defense in the NFL. Like, And probably one of the best defensive minds ever. Uh, yeah. Like Tennessee... Kansas City, the, the these the top seeds in the AFC better watch the hell out because this is the Buffalo team. Uh, you picked Buffalo, right? Did you pick Buffalo to go to the, to yeah, the Super Bowl? Buffalo and the Rams. Yeah, so this is the Buffalo team that I that thought, you that I saw. and a lot of other people expected well, to see. And then there was that crazy Week One game where the Steelers won, and they were like, "What the hell happened?" Well, there was also the Jaguars game too. Yeah. But this is this, this is, is that Buffalo team. This is the Josh Allen that we were expecting. Yeah. This is the defense that we were expecting. It was forty-seven to seventeen. There you go. That was the end of the. There you go. So, I mean, that was crazy. And then, 
the other AFC game. Oh wait, no. Yeah, the other AFC game that played was the one that we want to talk about with yeah. the Bengals and the Raiders. So we're gonna get so we're gonna get back to some officiating in this one. The Bengals win a close game against against the Raiders. The Raiders, which by the way, before we even go any further, the fact that the Raiders are even in the postseason. Uh, right, is, we didn't even get to go over that. Yeah, kind of. the fact that the Raiders are even in uh that was a crazy play. Sorry, we're watching the game live as we're doing the show and uh uh TJ Watt just I either had a strip sack fumble return for a touchdown or whatever, but whatever it is, if Pittsburgh the Steelers Pittsburgh Kansas City, <laughs> I, I don't even know like I wouldn't Andy, know what to do. Andy Reid's going on a diet. That's that's what would happen. Um but no, so how you lose your head coach you have one of your starting wide receivers cut from your team because he killed somebody in a drunk driving accident you had another star player a defensive back a defensive right? back go to cut got cut because he's in his own legal issue um on instagram but That's... like a serious legal issue not yeah. like a hey we just this isn't good for business like he, no, he threatened somebody with with a gun on instagram yeah like he's in trouble trouble like you have two guys that are that may, yeah that may have to do that whole like take a picture turn to your right take another picture thing and then you have an interim coach who has zero head coaching experience in that crazy environment you're in you're in vegas and you have the you have the Chiefs and you have the Chargers. You have all. I mean that that division is as we've always said is it, it's not a bad division. Like that is an that's an even division. Like there's a lot of games that you have to win against good quality teams, and to get yeah, your team into the postseason. The Broncos are the worst team in that division, and they were not an easy. No, they they were in the they playoff hunt. The, they, they almost were, beat the Chiefs. They were the in the playoff week. hunt. I think until like week fifteen. I think they were they right. weren't even eliminated from playoff contention until the last oh, that, two that weeks of the season. That division is tough. So they yeah. go, come down to it. You win and you're in against a rival, and then you have to deal with where Herbert is playing like the one of the most clutch games in NFL history, where they get six fourth down conversions. Right. They're saying basically he looked like John Elway. Yeah, who and is... survive that game, and then you go into Cincinnati, who might be one of the hottest teams in the NFL themselves, and even. I mean, because who doesn't? Who didn't pick the Bengals to win that division at the beginning of the year? I I do have to say that a lot of people thought that the Raiders were playing for a tie, and I honestly don't think that they were playing for a tie. Okay, so before we get into the game from yesterday, I will be the first one to argue with you on that. They literally have. They have said multiple times without saying it that that's what happened, and now there's video of Eckler talking to another person and he tells him something and he goes, really? And then he has like, okay, I, I understand exactly what you're saying. And I, and I saw that where he's, he's, I heard the car response and he was like, yeah, it was part of the discussion. Like they didn't really, he He said, said, they said, did that timeout change the strategy? And he said, 100% it did. I didn't hear that part, but I guess, okay, so here, they're running the ball, and they're getting eight, and I, I think 
I think they were going for it. I honestly think that they were trying to. I don't think they would have kneeled. You don't kneel if you're in a like. He was I in don't a think shot. that they were playing for a tie, but they were in a position that where they were playing that they were for sure not going to lose that game. Yes, I, I would agree with that. That that they. But when you get to that point, a long field goal. The longer the field goal, the more of a chance you have of blocking it because you can't kick it as high in the air. I so think. You have okay, to, I agree. If Jacobs had not got the, that 10 yards, right, they would not have kicked the field goal. But I'm just, people make it sound like they were like kneeling to go for the tie. And I just don't think that that's how it was happening. No, but I do think what happened is that as the time was going and where they were at on the field, they were saying like, we're going to run the worst ball. case scenario, we, we get a tie. No, I, I agree with that. Which is why live after our, after our pod last week, after we recorded, I'm, we're texting each other and I'm like, Oh my God, this is going to happen because it, the writing was on the wall. They weren't, they were like letting the clock run down. They weren't calling like timeout. It was like, here we go. Like, this is it. And I still, to this day, do not understand why the chargers called that timeout. There was no point. Okay. So of them calling that timeout, they did not do a good job at stopping Jacobs. I think he got seven yards or something like that. Yeah. And the reason that the coach said is because they didn't have the right personnel, which it obviously want. If you're going to call a timeout and say that you don't have the right personnel, then you better put the right personnel on and not give up 10 yards on the run from Jacobs. Cause that <laughs> come on. Like, so yeah. what personnel, I mean, cause it seems like it, if you would have left the same personnel, you would have had the same result at, yeah. at minimum. I think that was a cop out answer. And I think he was just, he got to that point where he was like, look, we want to see if we can get time. He might have called that timeout impulsively thinking he would have a chance to get the ball back. And I, I, I don't honestly know. okay with the stupid timeout. Like, whatever. Call timeout. You didn't think you're ready. Do, do whatever you need to do. But didn't he go for it on, like, fourth and one on their own 20 or something? Like, that's, that's the type of stuff. Like, I understand analytics mm-hmm. and you have the percentages, but you also need to take into account who you have on the field and if what's you know, at like, stake it's just, like the chart if there was anybody who wanted that clock to run down anybody it's the chargers the raiders are the ones who are saying like look like we could like worst case oh, scenario you're, it's you're a talking about the timeout i was just talking the, about like no i'm one. talking about just in general like at that moment in time in overtime where you know as long as we don't lose this game our season continues. We can't lose this game. And the Raiders were not going to kick and a the long Ra- field goal. And the Raiders were not going to take that chance at a long field goal where it has a chance to get blocked or a bad snap or something where they're like, because they're in the same situation. They If they lose, they're out. But if they win or tie, they're in. The only person who in the world who wanted that timeout to be called was wearing black and yellow in Pittsburgh on the other side of the country. When that timeout got called, Pittsburgh was like, yes, we're going to have it. We have a chance, which made me cry. Cause all I wanted, cause that game was so late. I wanted so bad. Cause I know Pittsburgh Steelers fans that are from Pittsburgh oh, or live on the East coast. The, the coach already said that he fell asleep in the second half. I wanted so bad that they go to bed thinking like we're in the postseason, and they wake up and be like, what the fuck? Like, that would have been the greatest sports story of the year. Okay. Everybody would have remembered a legendary tie that, that both of uh, them that, made it. Yes. Nobody is going to remember that they... Uh, honestly, that we're, we're 
two seasons down the road, we're not going to remember, oh, Raiders were kind of being a little conservative and they weren't really going for no. the win. But and, and to a legendary franchise like the Steelers. I mean, that is, I mean, you're talking about one of the top four organizations in all of football. But I do understand if you are the Raiders, you want to play the Bengals, not, yeah. not the Chiefs. And let's get into that game. Like, that's yeah. the whole so, reason. They so, only lost, I mean, the Chiefs. Waxed the Raiders twice this season. Bad, yeah, they Bad. did not match up well. But they, they, so the Raiders lost to the Bengals twenty six to nineteen, which is seven points, obviously. Yeah, and let's get into the controversy. So there is a play that happened. I think it was the third quarter, right? I think it was the second, second quarter, right before half. Right, right before half. Joe Burrow scrambles out, and he's looks like he is getting real close to running out of bounds. And then he kind of flips one to the back of the end zone. And while the ball is in the air, maybe a half a second before that ball is caught, a referee blows an inadvertent whistle. Now, by the letter of the law, that play should be dead dead, and replayed because an inadvertent whistle, it's it would suck, and it is what it is. But if there is any Raider fans out there that listen, then all of the millions and millions of fans that we hope to have one day and the dozens and dozens that we do. If any of you guys are Raiders fans and you think that you lost because of that call, you're high. It's in the first of all, it's in the second quarter. But I I was watching it right before we recorded and it was pretty late like he was almost catching the ball by the time He's he, not that open because of the whistle. No, and I did see the defensive back kind of let Stop, up. Yeah. But I don't think he would have got to it, even if it wasn't. But that... I don't think that they lost because of that play, and I don't think that they scored because of the whistle. Now, what you can't say, and what's not for sure, is that you you don't know what would have happened if that whistle doesn't blow. If the DBs are able to play all the way through, and they don't quit, because you always are told you play to the whistle. You don't say you play until the actual whistle, right? You hear a whistle, you stop. So if they're for whatever and they get a hand in there, they're able to hand fight with the ball, maybe that receiver doesn't feel as comfortable, whatever it is, right? Something could have happened, which you can argue with, and it should have been done. But the NFL, with all of the money and all of the technology that they have, how in the hell, with that play being reviewed, does that call not get overturned? But it's not, because the whistle part is not reviewable, right? Because they have... Which, how? Why? I don't, know. I don't know why we have certain ones we can and can't review. An inadvertent whistle should automatically be a reviewable play just for the fact that it it's has your fault. It's the referee's fault. It has no bearing on the players. It's one thing to say it's a judgment call, so that therefore it can't be reviewed because it's just judgment at that particular time of the play, which makes sense. Even whether that's right or wrong, that explanation makes sense. What doesn't make sense is saying that the referee made a mistake, but therefore it's not, re- but it's not reviewable, even though we're watching it. And NBC or CBS or whoever was carrying that game, I think it was it was NBC. Well, they're if already NBC, re- they're already reviewing. They're it. already they've already pulled up the play like within five seconds. They have the play. They can hear the whistle. They have all that stuff. There is no reason to not use that. The whole point of replay when it came out 15 years ago was to get it right, to make sure we get it right. So as a Raider fan, am I pissed 
that that happened and they didn't get it right? Yes. Is it the reason why you lost that game? No. It's the same thing as what just happened with the Cowboys. And is it kind of annoying that we couldn't do another play at the end of the game? Yes. Is it the reason why the Cowboys lost the game? No. No. It's Do you know what I mean? Like it's the same it's the same type of thing. The NFL needs to do better. Yeah, they there's too much money. There's there's too much there's too much stuff going on with the NFL, and it's so big. I mean, the NFL is sports headlines for 365 days a year. There's no off season, even when they're not playing. They're the lead story, like every day. So everybody cares about it. How do you not just grow with what's already been going? You have instant replay for the most bullshit, ridiculous things. But then you're like, well, that's not re- the audio's not reviewable. Only if he stepped out of bounds is it reviewable. And you had referees say like, so, and then the NFL turns around and says we did mess up, and has now pulled that crew from any other playoff game for the rest of the season. Is so really- you've ad- you've admitted that they fucked up, but you blame the refs. You didn't blame. Yourself at that point, I don't think it's that's ridiculous to me because it's not the ref's fault, it's they're following your stupid rules. Yeah, like what are they supposed to do? Yeah, so an inadvertent whistle is is enough to get you removed. Like, like, yeah, it's that's stupid. Uh, I know, but it's crazy. So, anyway, I would say that the this weekend the games were, I mean, obviously the Bucks and the the Bills, but they they had some pretty, I mean, the Cowboys 49ers game was down to the end. What was really cool is it was it was the going yeah, that Raiders Bengals game came down to the very very end, the the Cowboys Niners game was first off if that especially you as a Cowboys fan that didn't take you back to the mid nineties with those brutal games with you and the it was either you or the 49ers that were going to the Super Bowl every yeah, damn yeah. year with them with them showing the damn catch or whatever <laughs> they call it with yeah. Montana throwing it to back with Clark yeah. I was like please don't show that in the middle of this game I mean it, when I, I just remember being a kid and thinking like all right well there's the AFC and then it's whoever wins between Dallas and San Francisco is going to the Super Bowl and that's the way it felt for like it was like it was five or six years um I don't think that people even yeah, a lot of people probably turned off the Bills Patriots game, but I'm sure that a lot of people watched and liked watching Allen what he was doing. Man, I mean, he histo- tore that. Historically, like eight eight in a row touchdowns. Like that's yeah, it's a perfect offensive game. I mean, you no punt, no field goal, no pe- no uh, turnovers. Like so, even though it was a blood, the only game that was kind of a waste would have been the Eagles and Bucks because a lot of people already knew that was going to happen. Obviously it's the right. NFL and you know right. that everybody has a chance. Right. But so a lot the, of people are saying Eagles will have a chance. So the AFC playoff picture obviously is not as um it's not it's not as for sure because the game that's happening right now as we're recording involves the lowest remaining seed in in the, I, in the, so I would actually say that it should be set. It should. But they're but playing you, close right now. It's seven to seven. Yeah. And Steelers look like they just had a pass interference call, possibly <laughs> that's going to put them put them up because that's the only way that Ben's completing a, a like a thirty yard catch. Yeah. So the the Steelers did get Juju back this week. Um, he came back from his. He's been out since I think like week two or three. 
So to get Juju Smith-Schuster back, that's a huge, huge upgrade to their receiving core. Um, Najee Harris, decent running back. It's still Big Ben, right? Like he is he Big Ben of ten years ago? No. Is he Big Ben of five years ago? No. But it's still Big Ben. I'd rather have Big Ben than Mac Jones. I'll I'll, I'll tell you that in the playoff game, like it's or Mason Rudolph. Yeah, it's 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 Big Ben, but uh, but the problem is is that Big Ben should have retired like two years ago, probably. And the thing is is they haven't their offense really has not scored over like twenty points. Like they. Generally, don't score over twenty points. But running the ball in defense in the postseason—that's all you need, right? Well, like they had a fumble. That's yeah. what we were talking about. It was yeah. a fumble, and they they went and got it. And but we'll we'll see. Most but most likely the Chiefs most likely are if this. the Chiefs w- so we're gonna we'll we'll just give a scenario. So if the Steelers win, the Steelers automatically go play Tennessee, right? In Tennessee. In Tennessee, right? Tennessee has home field throughout the uh, the AFC. If Kansas City wins. Then Buffalo will go to Kansas City. Will go to Can- Kansas City because Kansas City is the number two seed. And then who would play? Um, who plays Tennessee? The Bengals. Yes, correct. So then the Bengals would go to Tennessee. Right. If it's the other way, where the Steelers are going to Tennessee, then that means the Bengals are going to Buffalo to play because Buffalo is the number three seed and the Bengals are the fourth seed. And before I forget, because I I saw this yesterday and I want to make sure I say it. When we texted yesterday about the Bengals like winning the game or what was going on. Do you know that was the first time in the history of text messaging that the Bengals were that you were saying the Bengals won a playoff game. It was impossible <laughs> to do that. Text messaging started in 1992 and the last Bengals playoff victory was in 1991. Like that's how long ago it's been for the Bengals to win a playoff game and they've had good teams. Those teams with you know Chad Johnson and Hushmanzada and Carson Palmer. Those those teams did never want a playoff game. Nineteen ninety one. Like I was six or seven. No six because it would have been early nineteen ninety one. I was six years old. Like that shit's crazy. Thirty one years. Insane. Well, what happened is that they actually spent a little bit of money on free agents <laughs> and I mean, drafted really yeah. well the last two years. You got two. Great all pro players right. in the last two years. And they better start protecting the one because he gets the crap beat out of him. <laughs> so yeah, so uh Cincinnati, if Cincinnati ends up going to Tennessee, that is that could be a really good matchup. Those are I think that's a very evenly matched game. The Kansas City Buffalo game. It's it's almost it sucks that that game would not be the AFC championship game. Right. Is that was was that last year's AFC Championship? I know that they met in the playoffs. I just don't know I think if it so. was. It, either way, it's a rematch of last year's playoff because they I, they played in the playoffs. Yeah. So and it hopefully Buffalo will continue to play and Kansas City really has not played that well. They're already they're struggling with Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh by far is the worst team that is in the playoffs. Maybe the Eagles, but I would say I'm going to go Eagles. Okay, the state of Pennsylvania is did not bring a strong showing to the playoffs this year. I mean, they got two teams in, but it's I mean they didn't really bring the fact that we even have to think about who's worse, the Eagles or the Pittsburgh. That's that's sad in the yeah, first place. It is, it is. Um, but I'm just saying, like they're they're de- and the Kansas City right now is struggling. But here's the other thing: if if Pittsburgh wins this game, 
And Tennessee has to play Pittsburgh. And Buffalo gets Cincinnati. To me right now, I think there's one team in the AFC that can beat. After what I saw yesterday, there's one team in the AFC that could beat Buffalo. And that's the Chiefs. That I would think about. I don't think Tennessee stands a chance against that Buffalo team we saw yesterday. I don't know because... We've been saying that Tennessee doesn't stand a chance against a and, lot of people, and they and, may continue to win, right? And win against good teams, and now they're going to get Henry back. And I think yeah. anything is possible when you have Henry back. I I I, I get it, and they're the number. They are a number one seeded team. But I agree with you that Josh Allen was amazing, but maybe the Patriots just aren't that good. Like maybe they're the team that beats up on all the bad teams. Yeah. Yeah, that that could be it too. They did have a high draft pick last year, so I don't know, man. But that's that's pretty much it for for the NFL. Um, do we want to do transition to? Do we, do we have a transition sound? I don't know. I'm just gonna do one. All right. Thank you, thank you, audience, for letting us know that you appreciate our NFL segment. I appreciate that. That's nice. Um, all these uh, Avengers stuffies that I'm looking at right now. Um, <laughs> So I want to get into, like, I want to talk about something um, not with, like, NBA, NFL, but I think it would be a good discussion. Um, I To be honest, this is something I really wish Rick was here for because I think Rick would be able – Rick kind of does the same, same thing. We, we all volunteer our time to help out with youth sports. Right. right? I we, mean, I, I'm on the board for the AY. So Rick basically is running. He's the athletic daughter. director for his daughter's like K through 12 yeah. school or K through eight school. Um, you've been, you have two basketball teams that you're coaching. I'm coaching two youth basketball teams. I've volunteered ref. for high schools. I ref, right? Like I, I, I've yet, I've never been paid for assistant coaching. I, every time I've done coaching, it's always been for volunteer. And I've done that since my senior year of high school. Um, Something came up yesterday, and I'm just kind of wondering where you're at in regards to uh, this situation. I I have always been a person when the when the stories come out about a team that you know wins like in basketball like 108 to 11 or whatever, right? And the story comes out on ESPN or on the social media, and they're like, "How? Like, why would you do that to another team?" and Whatever, and I've always said like I would find it disrespectful if a team just absolutely stopped playing, even if they were whooping our my team's ass, because it almost shows like, you know, like that's almost the the ultimate like middle finger to your team. I've always felt that way until yesterday, and I kind of feel I don't know if I've flip flopped on it. I know that I've had my ass kicked from teams that I've played on and coached before um, to the point to where our, we've talked about it before about the softball team, our softball team yeah. has been bad before, like right. real bad. So I coach a youth basketball team. Um, it's a, it's a, I don't want to give away too much information because we live in a small town. And I don't want somebody to like think that I'm out here bitching, but well, let's just say it's not a travel team. It's, it's it's there is yeah the whether you are zero and ten or ten and zero we're all going to the pizza parlor down in Lancaster with the there's same no, trophies. There's, there's it's not a tournament. The, there's no playoffs. There's no playoffs. It's no all stars. Nothing. It's no, just most of the players, if they're really good, they're playing on a travel team. Right. They're not playing in right. in the 
in this league. So this division that I that I am coaching in, it's boys and girls in the division. But the division is ninety five percent boys. It's, I think the reason why it's co ed is because they don't have enough. They don't have an, oh one hundred percent. They don't have enough girls to play, right? But they don't want to deny them that ability. No, they should be able so, to play. Because my daughter plays and my assistant coach's daughter plays, we now have two girls, right? Then their friends are playing. So we try and get them. And next thing you know, I have five girls in a, on an 11-person roster. And we're playing a team that I think the kids on the team said that like seven or eight of the kids on the team play travel ball, Right. And we're getting which is just ridiculous to and start with. Which, by the way, the majority of those kids did not come to tryouts, so it was like they were able to stay on the back burner and get drafted without anybody else knowing who they are. And I haven't been in the basketball community enough in our town to know, so that's a different story, but whatever. They're whooping our ass, right? I think it was 10 nothing. A quarter of the way through the first quarter. Like, I mean, it was it was quick. And they're good. I mean, they're a good team. Um, at one point in the game, it was they went up 30. And I said, you know what? I'm gonna throw all five of my girls out there and give them a chance to play. So I throw my five girls out there and they play for about a minute to a minute and a half. And the other team's not doing it, like they're not being able to score. We're like, they're missing shots. We're missing shots, but it at least looks almost like it's an even game. There are five boys playing against five girls on a, on a court and the girls are holding their own, right? It's just a complete stalemate. And they put their starters back in and continued the beat down. And there was one kid on the team that I think my assistant coach said played for less than two minutes. They always brought him in at the end of a quarter or he would start the beginning of a quarter and they would immediately take him out. And I just like in youth sports, I don't want them to stop playing. But at one point, like you're good kids, your kids, are those travel ball kids, like, do they really need to be like, is that helping them? Are they developing any part of their game by just beating an inferior team like that into the ground? Like they're at fast break and doing layups. Like they're not running an offense. They're just. They're just having fun. It's basically like a layup line. Yeah. Like that's, and I'm just wondering like, why, why do that? Like what's, what's the positive? Not only. And they did this the week before too. But not only does that, that just suck to be in that, but we, we had talked off air about the other divisions that we're in and the fact that we can't really substitute in the middle of the game because people do the same thing. Like, you're going to end up ruining that for that league as well. Because right. if you're not playing people and you're playing your starters too much. And like, and why? the thing is, is I'm not like, I understand the older you get, the more the playing time thing should go away. Right. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I think even in my, my younger daughter's division, I think the fact that all the kids have to play the exact same amount of time isn't right. Because at some point, these girls like these girls are like a grade away from going to middle school, and when you play on your middle school team, you're not. <laughs> they don't care that you're on. Like everybody gets equal playing time. The the good kids will play more, 
and the subs will play sub minutes. I mean, I I think that. So you, I think that I think that you do have to. I mean, because you're you're not talking about a travel team. You're talking about kids that want to want to actually go in there. So I think that you should at least. The reason why you have to put that in there is because there aren't people like me and you that yeah they want everybody to develop. Right. They're just gonna want to win, so they're right. gonna they're gonna not pl- they're gonna play their less less than average players half the game if that or a quarter or whatever, and they're not gonna put them in. They're gonna do exactly what they were doing. But I mean, like so, like little league, right? Little league has been around since we were kids, right? And it doesn't matter whether you're eight or twelve. The rule is like there's a there's a minimum play rule. There's not an equal play rule. Now, granted, in Little League, you got nine kids on the I field see, and you have so, a roster of twelve. So it's impossible for kids to play the exact same amount. But I do think I understand the so I understand what you're you're not arguing against the minimum play rule. You're arguing against the equal play rule. Yeah, I I when the kids are six, seven, and eight years old, I think there should be an equal play rule because the younger you are the outcome of games matter less. The older you are, just the psychological aspect that happens, there's going to be more, right? No six-year-olds going to school and talking about what his team's record is and how bad he beat a team. You know, that's not it. He just had fun playing basketball. When you're 10, you're going to go to school and talk shit. When you're 12, you're going to go to school and talk shit. 14, you're going to get on your phone and talk shit. Like, the, the older you get, like, the, it has more, like, repercussions. It means more. Not to mention, I, you know, we are both uber competitive people. And even though the teams that we coach, we say that wins and losses don't matter, the losses still sting because you sit there and you go, like, man, like, I could have won. Like, you had a situation where you felt like if I could have had this, the whole game, like we probably aren't in that boat, but because of equal play, certain people have to leave. And when those people leave a complete, it, you know, it doesn't, no, I, I definitely, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Because the, in order for my team right now to be competitive and that may change because I'm coaching a basketball team as well. My daughter has played before. And the thing is right now is that a lot of the kids that I'm getting have not played in this league. Cause now you're not, I, I play in a six to eight year old league, so you're a lot of the six year olds obviously didn't play in the league, right? And then the seven year olds have not played. So unless you get eight year olds, which there's not as many, not as many, no, then you you don't have people that have played. played. So Correct. I really have my daughter that's really aggressive on defense, and, and you have a bunch of newbies. And if she's not in, and I have one other player that is a good player and can score, right? But defensively, she's just not aggressive because that's what you see at that age, right? And so if my daughter's not on the floor, my team's getting killed. And that's another thing is like you, I understand the equal play thing, but wouldn't you want, because the other players are not going to want to go out there and just get smashed. Right. They're going to want to at least, I, you don't want to put your players out there and just have them. If, if I was in a game and I was not competitive and the team is just, we're, we're just beating another team, then yeah. Okay. You take your best players out. But if you're in a game and you're fighting for it, like, I'm pretty sure that the kids are going to want to be competitive. They don't right. want to just get beat. If you're going to have the score up there, they're not going to want to look up at the score and be like, oh, we're getting just destroyed. Whether or not you're playing, like they're not going to be like, hey, yeah. I am I really should have been out there, but we're getting just like, right. they would rather be cl- the game close than. And I guess, I guess where my rant is kind of coming from is that 
you you said something earlier that's that's absolutely the case. The only reason that we have the rules that we're dealing with now is because jackasses that have coached before have ruined kid seasons and they don't want that. And I completely understand. And obviously we're not those coaches, right? And I'm not trying to toot my own horn. There, there's been plenty of times where I'm, you know, I'm going to try and stay as competitive as possible, but there's also, I guess with you being on the board, my question is, would you ever turn a coach away? Yeah. I mean, you like, I, here, here's what I mean. You, AYSO struggles to get coaches, right? Most of the time you have a bunch of kids sign up and then before like the first practices, you're like, look, like we, we need coaches for these teams. And usually a dad or somebody will like a dad will step up on the team and be like, look, I'll, I'll do it. And you know, it is what it is. Right. But I mean, if you have a coach that knowingly, I don't want to say bends the rules, but completely loses the spirit of what the game is supposed to be at this level, right? Whether it's AYSO or basketball, Little League. And that dude came in the next year and fills out his daughter or son's application and puts his name down as a coach. Would you turn that coach away? If there are enough incident reports where the where the parents are complaining, whether it's their team or the other team, yeah, you have to end, basically you you end up suspending the coach so he can't coach for a certain amount of years. Like you just you it it really depends on how much the parents are pushing back. If you have a coach that's pushing the line and parents aren't really like complaining about it, then probably not. But should it come down to the parents though? Like that isn't that the whole point of having a board, right? So like you know our setup of what the league that we're talking about. There are several people that are in charge, that are at games, that are watching this go down. I got told by two of them yesterday, like, yeah, this really isn't in the spirit of the game. And they did the same thing last week. We're, we might have to have a conversation. And it's like, we might have to have no, a conversation. You but if you're for in. sure should. Right. But if but think about the games no, that under, we've I, had where we're beating the shit out of teams and they're like, hey, you got to. You no more fast breaks. Right. And you you got to play defense no, this way. It. So like, it, it take is, your good kids out. It is. It is along the board that they should. So I think it should just be, it shouldn't come down to parents. You know what I mean? Like, cause there might not be enough parents that a care enough. Right. But that's kind of the whole point of you being on the board is protecting the wherewithal of these kids, like the mental aspect of these kids. There was a, there was a social media post that I put out last week that I tagged you in because I feel wholeheartedly in my heart. That's, you know, there was something that meant a lot to me when we started basketball again this year. And that was, we had eight kids that played on our basketball team last year. All eight kids came back and played basketball. Even with having the COVID layoff, all eight kids came back and played. Not only did all eight kids come back and play, all of them are much more decent than they were when we first started. Agreed. And they had two years off. And they had almost two years off. Well, a, they had a year in between their seasons. Right. So I feel like it's not about whether your team goes undefeated. It's about do your kids want to continue playing the sport, right? 
yes, at some point you're going to have to say, look, this is not going to be in your best interest to keep playing. That person that only got to play less than two minutes isn't probably not not going to play. Back. Yeah, like unless you that that would be the game that you want them to be in there because there's no pressure on them, and if they're a newer player, right. There's no pressure. They're not and that losing kid's the not game. Gonna be not... Ha- that kid's not proud about his team being undefeated because he knows he has no part in it. He didn't have. He didn't do anything to help that team win. And and here's the thing: there are kids that feel that 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 don't feel that way. Like for instance, I'll be the first one to throw it out there. I know kids that go. We dominated. We went to school. and We were saying like, man, we dominated our game. Like really? Like you scored zero points. Like you. You did nothing. Like the only stat you had in the book was fouls committed, and that and that's not just youth basketball. That goes to high school, right? Yeah. There's just there are kids that are out there that will own it, but there's also those kids that are out there that are not going to be that are going to sit there and go, man, like that sucked. Like if there was ever a game that I should have had a chance to get in there and show what I can do or grow. That's what those games are for. Like you're going to beat the crap out of, if if that game's close and it's within 10 points, I totally understand. But I think that's, that's some of the reason why youth sports is just even, even in general, the way that it is, we need to have people that are really about player development. Like, because to be honest, it doesn't matter what they win right now. No, it matters more that they're developing and they're getting better so that they end that, like you said, that they're developing the want to play, like the love of the game, basically. Right. That they're going to come back. Because if you don't do that, they're going to they're gonna stop playing. So it doesn't matter. Yeah, great. You you got a win or you got this. But then you're going to turn off some players that don't want to play. So, yeah. So I, I, think, I think we spent like, a lot of time on this. Yeah. I, but One last thing I want to say, because you just brought up a good point. If you're running a travel ball organization... Right, whether it's basketball or baseball or whatever, if you're running that rule of you're not as good, you don't play as much, right? And you have a successful organization, meaning you win a majority of the games that you play. Wouldn't you be considered a more successful organization based off of the amount of kids that come through your organization and go somewhere else, right? Because like, if I'm a parent, right, and my, my kids aren't close to being on that level, but maybe there's a God and at one point they will be, right? And if they got to that, they got to that aspect where it was like either one of my daughters wanted to grow more in basketball and we had a chance to go play travel ball. I'm not going to go look for the one that has like, yeah, you know, this ex-NBA player came from our organization. Well, no, you're- I'm going to go look for the organization that says like, we had 112 kids total in our organ, or like 100 kids in our organization at this level, and 40 of those kids went on to play college right. basketball with a scholarship. You're also not going to want to go to an organization that's only going to play the best players because you're going to pay them a lot of money, and your kids just going to sit on the bench. Right. It's not, and that's what I, that's what I'm saying. Like, and it's not just like I don't care if you start the best kids every game. But what I care about is that if you're blowing a team out. Those best kids don't need those minutes. Yes. Use that to develop the other kids. And if you're doing that, then those are the those are the organizations that are going to have the kids that are going more kids that are going to college and playing or more kids that are going from middle school to their high school teams and playing. You know what I mean? That's that's kind of where I'm at. And I just feel that the organization 
granted, this is not that. It's not travel ball. It's not club. Everybody's paying the same amount, whatever. It doesn't, there is no, there's no benefit to winning and losing other no. than teaching the competitiveness of those situations. What they're, what this is about is building a foundation for these kids to come back next year and play so that the, the sport doesn't die in your area. Agreed. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's, that's yeah. kind of where I'm at, but let's talk about people that do get paid to play basketball. <laughs> um, again, thank you. I appreciate you, audience. I think I think I'm kind of liking the uh, the audience clap. As we need a, that to be longer. Transition. We need it to be longer. I've, no, I can... I like the applause. Like if we just hold it down, yeah, and they just keep going. So like this is good. Like yeah, I appreciate you. Yes, I appreciate you. So yeah. I mean, we're we're probably gonna go a little long today, but we'll just uh, we'll just kind of get into. We're uh... good. Rick's not here to rush us out. <laughs> Uh, a couple, getting tomorrow. getting into the people that are paid for basketball. Yeah. What do you think about the Kings organization playing cold as ice every time that Love it. Russell Westbrook shot and missed? Love it. I, I and it's that. not because it's Russell Westbrook. No, it's just hilarious. I love competitive shit talking. Like for I paid, love that. Yeah. Well, actually, not even just for paid. We we do it all the time. I think that that's awesome. I think that that. That's no different than what we would do on our adult softball team, right? Or what strikeout has to buy beer. Right. Strikeout has to buy beer. Or me going on a podcast and telling the whole world that I've never struck out and <laughs> swung a miss. And then two weeks later, like, I become suicidal because I struck out twice in the same game. Like, and then, then Vuvuzelia's come out on half of my at-bats. Like, that, that is what sports is, right? Now... Do I like Russell Westbrook's response to it? I do. Where he doesn't go out and say, like, that's messed up. That's not in the spirit of play. He immediately throws it back to him. He's like, man, like like something about the last 14 years because that's how long it's been since they've been in the postseason. Like, Is that what he was saying or just the fact that his career? Like, no. He, that was not the, saying that at the beginning of my... I think it was... Uh, they mentioned it during that game that that's how long it's been since Ka- okay, that Sacramento's that's... been in the postseason. So if it wasn't... I took it that way, maybe because I'm just a shit talker at heart, and I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt, which is rare when it comes to Russell right. Westbrook. Just and I don't want to spend a lot of time on this because obviously yeah. Lakers made a bad mistake getting Russell Westbrook. Are they getting to the point where their team is going to be better if they just literally sit him down because they are not going to be able to trade him? Like, is it going to be like addition by subtraction? Because- so I think. If you could get Russell Westbrook to not play in the crunch moments, that team would probably be better. And I don't know if you can even get him to do that. So looking at this Lakers team now, and I was thinking about this on the ride over here today. I don't remember the draft picks or the salary information, but I just know that Kuzma, Harrell, and Caldwell Pope all went to Washington for Russell Westbrook. And I immediately look at our team and I said, if those three guys are on our team and Westbrook isn't, are the Lakers in any way, shape, or form in a better position than they are right now? And I say yes. I think they are. I think you have you have two guys in KCP and Kuzma that guard four positions on the floor. And then you have Harrell, who while we're short on big men and relying on DeAndre Jordan to somehow you know, or Dwight Howard, who was also actually over the, he's, he's done too. Yeah. But look at what he did against Denver. Like 
he came out against Denver and was what six of seven in the first quarter with against Jokic, and Jokic was having a real hard time doing it. Granted, we couldn't stop. I was anybody just else. Gonna tell you that that was the worst loss that LeBron like, and yeah. but I get it. No, I get it. Dwight Howard is way better than DeAndre. Yeah, Jordan. Like. But the Lakers have, if you look on paper, the Lakers have an NBA two K roster from you know six years ago. Where you're just like, man, like this team's awesome. But I thought I had hope when AD went down and the Lakers finally made their decision to have LeBron play the five and run kind of that small lineup. That I thought for sure with the floor being that spread out, like here we go. Now we're gonna get some numbers from Russ. And it just never really has gotten to that point. I don't know if he feels the pressure of LA. I don't know if he just feels the pressure of being on a team like a championship caliber team, it's been a while since he's been on, you know, when he was with the Thunder and they was, you know, him and Durant were like, it's been a while since he's been in that situation. I just think his game is not conducive to falling back and playing as a role player. Like it just hasn't like just, he was really successful last year at the end of the season with Washington to get that team into the postseason. Mm -hmm. But that's because, it's all you're competing with is Beal for the ball. Like you could, you basically could, and Beal, I think, was hurt at the end of it. I think, think it was just Westbrook. So Westbrook has the ball. Like on this team, you are not going to have the ball when you have LeBron James. Like I'm sorry, like you're just not. And he just, his game is just not conducive. Like he doesn't move without the ball, he just stands there. And then you have an extra defender that's in. It just is not. It just doesn't work that well. Like he works so much. If you could use him as a sixth man, it would see. Be that's s- what I thought they were going to do this year. I thought for sure that Westbrook was going to come off the bench and play. He was going to be little LeBron when LeBron had to sit. That's that's what I thought that they would do with Westbrook because him and LeBron pretty much had. I never thought the day that I would say LeBron's a better perimeter shooter than blank all-star point guard but it's happened like i would much rather have lebron shoot pretty much any shot on the floor than even just have the ball in westbrook's hands because when he touches it it's either going to go off the rim or to the other team it's and it's he's not he's like, not I can't shooting, even watch he's, Lakers. he's games. not shooting free throws either no. he's what is 58 percent or something yeah. like that and the thing was he didn't he had a layup the other night and he passed on the layup because he probably would have got fouled. Had to dribble it back out to the three point line, and then he hit LeBron for like a run, like and LeBron scored. But right. still, it's just like he he it- definitely has the yips right now. But the Lakers have nobody. Else. I mean, like like Reeves. They're not Reeves they're, might be the fourth best player on that team right now, so, and he was on a two way deal at the start of the year. So the the only the only like trade op they have one trade pick that's in like 2027 that's the first <laughs> round and then we thought the, the rams the, didn't have and picks. Then, yeah no and then and then anyone else that's not on the minimum contract is none and th tht yeah so that's it taylor horton tucker's it that's all they have to trade away yes and, and, well, no, and they and would have salary dump they people. would have to package it with none to get close to anything because right. Taylor Horton Tucker's making about ten million. The other one's fifteen. And Nuns five. played, I think, like six games all. Yeah, year. exactly. But the thing is, is like the, it just like I just don't understand like why LeBron would even want to like 
you're a brilliant mind on the court. Like, what what did you see? Like, is is Westbrook a clutch sports guy? I don't think so. Okay, I just don't understand. Like, what did you see? And then the other thing is like, why are you picking THT over Kuzma or Caruso? I mean, sorry, not Kuzma, Caruso. That's, That's just the ridiculous. One that that's the one that hurts because been, the Lakers, because yeah, the Lakers have been the last couple of years, whether it was the championship year or even last year, their identity wasn't how many points they scored. It was their defense. And Caruso was such a hard worker on the defensive end. And to get somebody that is arguably more athletic, I mean, not even arguably, is more athletic than Caruso in Westbrook. And it's so bad defensively. That he's now he's a liability on the floor. Not he's no longer a resource. He's a liability. But they have nobody else that they could play. Like, and that's what I'm saying. Like, that's how bad the Lakers are right now. If the Lakers put Austin Reeves in the starting lineup and sit Westbrook and have him come off as a six man, the Lakers might actually have more firepower. You know what I mean? Like yeah, that's no, no. I, Austin fucking Reeves would be start <laughs> like. That's where that's our choice. Like it's just Well, okay. Also, Davis is not back and they're just under 500 without him and right. I know that he wasn't playing very well before, but I guarantee that when they're back they're going to be better with him. Like it doesn't really matter if he plays the worst season ever. I'm pretty sure that they're going to be better with him. So, anyways, we got we got that back. And uh talking about Chicago. God, are you concerned? I know that they're number 1. But they got smashed by the Nets when they had their three. And then, what, one night later or two nights later, they got smashed by Golden State. Is that because the Nets are that good and Golden State's that good? Or is it because Chicago's coming back down? Well, I think when you look at Golden State right now. Their offense is struggling. The off, like, Curry hit that record and literally has kind of fallen off the earth like he he is he's in a slump scoring wise he is shooting the worst three-point percentage of his career career. yeah but he's still first in the mvp because his team is so good right and they just got clay back which that's they don't have draymond you they don't have draymond but so and that's everything for them in regards to offense defense The, the fact that him being able to bring the ball up the floor allows curry to get free a lot more allows clay to get free a lot more but what he does more than anything is what he does on the defensive end. The communication, the anchor that he's able to, to put on the defensive end helps them, you know, tremendously. But the other thing that a lot of people aren't talking about is like we, we've been saying it for months. Like, man, they're going to get Clay back at some point. Once you get him back, it's not like everybody else that's on that team was Clay Thompson. That That's an adjustment. He hasn't played in two years. He looks good, by the way. And he does look good. And they still, but now you're taking those starters like Poole and what is it like Toscano, Toscano, like those two. uh, He's not a starter though, is he? No, but those guys now get moved further down. I know, they're going to get moved down. And Kaminga looks really good as a. And you still have Wiseman that's coming soon. Like, I, I think Golden State looks really good. I also think that Brooklyn, as they always have been since the big three have gotten there. They have the ability to beat anybody in the NBA by thirty on any given night. It was if they're right. if they're on. It was just crazy because they were pretty much neck and neck, and then the third quarter, and they 
they ended up beating them 138 to 112 and it was like tied at halftime. Yeah, and you and you score 140 points on a number 1 seed. But look at what just happened to Golden State the other night. Like didn't somebody just drop Milwaukee? Sh- yeah, they dropped a shit ton of points on them. No Milwaukee. And I well I wanted to get to Milwaukee later, but I, I was just, it, it was just interesting to me that Chicago has been so good, and then they played two quality teams with because the Nets had it, and they got and smashed, and it was both I think at in Chicago. I I look at that team and I see there's so much talent, and there's there the chemistry that they already have to just now like DeRozan just got there. Oh, I know. Like, Caruso just got there. So did and so did Ball. Yeah. So you have you have three guys that are brand new there, and your star Levine, I, he's still only like twenty three or twenty four years old. Right. I mean, they're they're like they're gonna be around. V- Vucevic. So there's they're starting yeah. five. This is pretty much their first. They none of them have really played together. And no, they're I'm, doing just fine. That's no, why this that. chemistry shit that the Lakers are talking about. Like you guys don't understand what we're going through in chemistry. I'm like. Everybody else in the fucking NBA has like a brand new roster and they're doing just fucking fine. So I And then no, but anyway, so Chicago I think will be fine. I don't know that they're gonna be number one. I think they're probably gonna fall down to two or three, maybe. Although the Nets just had a big thing with Durant having a sprained MCL, so he's out. They got lucky though, because they're on a road trip and, and eleven of the next fourteen games are on the road, so Kyrie can play. And what the fuck is that shit with this loophole now where Oh, I don't know. Like, has, think, is that new? No. Like, I, how would they not be, like, how so would they have not done that from day one? Like, we'll just take the $5,000 so fine. The loophole is that they will end up paying a maximum fine of 5000 but I think the NBA is not going to allow them to do it because technically it's going against the rules. So, like that, but maybe, so what's the fine? I have no idea. Like, well, what is it for? Like, what's the rule that's getting broken? That he's playing in the gym and not be vaccinated, so they they're allowing that to happen. So so, they, so he can. You just get fined if you do. Right, but I don't know what the NBA is going to do because that's that's you're getting fined from New York or where like wherever the city, headquarters are. The city, right? Oh, so but, this is a city thing. This yes. isn't the NBA. No, the NBA is not. Doesn't it's, care. It's not the NBA. Because he's still having to test and stuff and do all their the, unvaccinated protocol. Yeah, the, the NBA doesn't say like, hey, if you're not vaccinated, you can't play. It's the cities that are saying this. So that's why you have So Kyrie cities. can either make whatever, like 20 fucking million dollars and then pay, let's just say it was 500 grand for the year, right? It was, like, it, they did a If thing. they did it from day one to the end of the I year. I don't know what day one, but if they started from right now. And it was like 173. They, yeah. Right. Played. So let's just say a half a mil. Okay. There's no way in fucking hell that Kyrie goes, you're not finding me. I'm not playing. Something happened behind the scenes. And this is kind of, we're not going to get into a COVID fucking discussion, but this is the same shit that's been going on with fucking COVID from the very beginning. And that is they make a rule based off of health and safety, quote unquote. And then something happens and they go, we can't function this way. So now health and safety gets put on the back burner with nothing to do with fucking... And it's, and it's nothing amazing. changed scientifically, and then all of a sudden the rules change, right? Like, I do it with my work all the time. Like, our rules have changed three times in the last two weeks. There's not been one fucking change in science. No, I, I completely understand. Yeah. And basically, I, that's the, bullshit. Nets, the Nets got into trouble with players and said, "Hey, we need you to come back." Right. And then the NBA goes, "Well, we can't have we can't have one of our marquee franchises not have people." So, just do the Nets try 
to get like the four the five seed so that they have play more like away games. And another thing that they gotta watch is if they have to play Toronto, Kyrie ain't playing any games. By the time June hits, that mandate won't be Hopefully. there anymore. I mean that's but that's not why I was Yeah. That's not why I, I was think I don't think up. they're gonna do that. I think that I think by the time that they get to May and June or I was it April? Yeah, something like that. Like end it of May, April. It's May ish no but the the reason why i was bringing any of this up is just because they look good and they're getting lucky that they're on a on a road trip with because durant has looked so good but he's had to play so many minutes yeah um the other thing that i saw just quickly and we can move on from the nba is milwaukee i'm starting to notice some of the guys that they picked up they picked up uh uh gary matthew matthews jr which he's not like a a starter right but he is a solid nba player that you can take off the bench you know yeah. what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. He was on the Lakers last year, and then about they, Wesley Matthews. Sorry, Wesley. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Ma- I knew his name was Matthews Jr. Yeah. But anyways, Wesley Matthews. Um, yeah, the kid, and, that, the guy that I thought last year was like, why the fuck are we wasting a fucking pickup on him? Right, but we were <laughs> we were trying to play him like starting. He doesn't have right. to play at the closing time. Like he's. Right. And then they also picked up Hood, Rodney. Yeah, Hood. Rodney Hood. Like those are solid NBA players. Yeah, that you play as you your can, eighth and ninth man. You can play them in the playoffs. Yeah, those like are your that, eighth and ninth man. Who and they have solid playoff experience. Matthews from when he played with um, Dallas and Hood from when he was with Utah. So like those guys have, and I think maybe Portland too. I mean he's still so yeah. No, but, but, I, he, no, but and that's Hood was was with Portland. Yeah, but, that's what I was saying. But, yeah, like yeah. But well, I'm actually just, Matthews too. By yeah, the way, but I'm just saying like. They, I think Matthew's I know played that on every fucking they're, team. They're in the out NBA. Brooke Lopez, but they, they picked up some. Yeah, I would, I would watch that team in the like once they yeah. get to the play. One hundred percent. I was and just surprised that Divincenzo's back is and back, and he looks. Yeah, I mean, and they went on that run without him last year, and he looked, and he was a starter. So yeah. obviously, he's he's better than Connaughton and all the other ones. So start. yeah, the the NBA starting to ramp up. You're, I think the trade deadline's going to be big this year. Should be. It's just whether the Lakers can find some way to make a deal. Um, I don't think they're going to. I don't think they have enough in the tank. And to be honest with you, like I like THT, but I don't think he. I would much rather have had the three that got traded away over THT. I would also or four. I'll uh, counting Caruso. I would rather have Caruso than THT. Like <laughs> I'd rather have KCP, KCP and Kuzma over. Yeah. Over him too. No, I don't. I, I think so, that the. It's gonna go the the trade deadline. We're gonna have a lot of trades. I don't think the Lakers because I don't think the Lakers can compete and trade. Like they're they're talking about any any of the people that the Lakers could go for. Not gonna happen. Okay, so real quick before we get off of NBA, the two biggest trade pieces out there. Who I think. I mean, I I it's Simmons. Be, Simmons, yeah, but Lillard. I, that's that's who I would think. Like, do, okay, so what do you think? And Jeremy go, Grant is probably up there too. Just. Okay. Be, well, let's go those. Let's go the superstars. Let's go Simmons and Lillard. Those are max. Those are max contract guys. Are they on a different team in February? Either one of them. <laughs> I think. I think. I know. I. I think Lillard stays, and I think Simmons goes. Just you can't. Just you can't. With Embiid playing the way that he is, you need to. You need to. Even if you can't get what you think you were getting, you need to get rid of him. You need to get somebody. I think opposite. Okay. Oh, and I I could see opposite. Honestly, like, I that's think, why I, I thought... somehow think that this injury with Lillard, the whole like uh, abdominal the muscle abdominal muscle strain thing, 
I just, I have a feeling that he publicly does not want to come out as that guy. But I think behind the scenes, he is done in Portland. And I just, I just have this feeling that we're going to wake up one day and Lillard's going to fucking be, and we're going to, and it's going to be to a team and we're going to go, oh my God, that team. It could be for Simmons. it, It could be. It very well could be. And if that happens, Philly is on a whole nother level. Like that that fast. They're already they're already good and they that's why they, they really need to that's why they need to get rid of Simmons. They they you're talking about thirty million dollars that's just sitting there. Yeah. And you need to get someone and you're already good. So yeah, I think I think that's I mean we <laughs> I know we're over, but I uh I'm pretty sure I think that uh Kansas City's gonna win this game. <laughs> Which is what we thought in the first place. But yeah. So just to kinda what they were up twenty one to seven at half, and what is this? Is twenty eight? It's about to be tw- oh, it's going to be after this play gets overturned and then they run one more yard. But yeah. They're they're beating the shit out of. So yeah. They're... So it looks like it's gonna be Kansas City and Buffalo and then Tennessee and Cincinnati. Right. That's what it looks like it's gonna be. Yeah. Um, so those, obviously those are the games that I would say that you want to watch is the NFL because the NFL rules everything. Um, some other things that I saw with the NBA, Suns are playing the Mavericks on Thursday. Mavericks have been, uh, starting to turn that corner. Well, I think that Luca is taking that, uh, Harden play myself into shape thing and he's starting to get into shape. And I think it was good for the Mavericks that, uh, he got hurt because now they were like, what are we supposed to do? So and Porzingis got a little bit of a chance to grow a little he, bit, didn't I, he? I think he did. Yeah. But he's... Is he not hurt really again? him, it's Brunson. Brunson's been awesome. That's exactly. So yeah. So that's that's a good one. Jazz are playing the Warriors on Sunday. Be a good that's, game. That's a It'd good be a one. a great game. Then they're turning around and Jazz are playing Suns on Monday. So those are... I mean, hard back-to-back for you the said, Jazz. You said Jazz play the Suns and then who? No, Jazz play the Warriors, Warriors and then Sunday, the Suns. And then the Suns. That's hard a back, hard-ass back-to-back. Right, but it's... You want to watch that. Yeah. Um, Fuck. Lakers are playing the Heat on Sunday, and then they're playing the Nets on Tuesday. At Nets. So, which means Kyrie's not going to be there and Durant. Unless he takes the fine. I don't know if if that's going to work. (laughs) Anyways, uh, what what are your uh, closing thoughts? So, my closing closing thoughts. Wow, talking is hard. Um, If you're in youth sports, remember... For kids, it's about the kids growing, not about the kids showing. That's that's my clothing thought. All right. Rick, get better. Come back next week. We miss you. Yeah. Fuck you, dude. This <laughs> is Blake. I love you, Rick. Don't hate me. I don't have a guitar either. I'm sorry. Hope you're ready for some lip smacks. Thank you for joining us. Follow us on Instagram at Take Warning Sports. Email us at twallthingsports at gmail.com. Download and subscribe our podcast on all your favorite podcast streaming sites, such as Spotify, Google Podcasts, or Apple Podcasts. Visit our Take Warning Network at takewarningpod.com.